piss pot boozer in Cockburn Creek And no bloody fun if you're piss weak Bust me nuts and rooty hill But none are quite the same as snags on a grill Fanny Bay and Tid Wobble Lane You can see my buggery from our biplane G'day, we're the Grundy Brothers That's Jed Brother Oh, g'day there, guys. It's Neil Grundy here for the uh, the Grundy Brothers podcast. Usually, uh, me brother Jed would be joining me, as you all know, but uh, he's uh, he's gone missing. I'm afraid. Uh, I woke up this morning, and uh, you know his uh, his swag was empty. Uh, I, I cooked myself some uh, some beans and bacon in the hope that the smell would waft over across the bush there, and. Uh, you know, he'd come running, because he likes a meal, that bloke. Uh, yeah, usually he eats uh, all the food. Um, so I, I jumped in the Land Cruiser, because he's left this one behind, and I thought I'd go on a bit of a bushwhacker expedition to uh, try and find the old fool. Um, yeah, it's not like him to go wandering off, I've got to say, because, uh, well, he's not a... Uh, despite the way he sort of uh, draws himself there on the podcast, he's not really adept in the bush, you see. He's uh, more of a suburbanite and, uh, yeah, a bit sort of uh, weak-minded and uh, a bit sort of, uh, well, dare I say, a little bit uh, pansy-ish, you know, like, uh, yeah, kind of scared of the big, wide world. So, needless to say, I'm, uh, I'm mildly concerned about me brother Jed. So, uh, yeah, as I say, I, I think uh, it's, you know, my duty to uh, go out and have a little look-see for, for the poor old bugger. Um, I just hope he hasn't caused himself a bit of mischief and got himself caught in a, in a dingo trap or, uh, or, or something of the like, you know. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully I can uh, report back a little bit later and uh, have some more positive news for you. But... I'm not going to call the police just yet because, uh, well, just quietly, uh, I think they'll be more interested in me than Jed. But uh, anyway, I uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you on, on how I go. G'day, we're the Grundy Brothers. That's Jed, and I'm the... G'day. Uh, it's Luke for Fly on the Wall Podcast. Um... Feeling somewhat awkward, I suppose. Uh, wasn't too sure if I was even going to do this episode or not. Um, and very much trying to, uh, well, I guess not get too emotional. Um, Warren's quit the podcast. Uh, yeah, and he seems to have quit the friendship as well. So needless to say, it's left me, well, high and dry for the podcast, but also feeling, you know, as you can imagine, a bit devastated. Um, or am I just practicing my acting skills? <laughs> uh, no, this is Luke Fly on the Wall podcast, but there is no Warren. Um, he's just having a night off. He's got to uh, sort some stuff out, like um, try to, I think he's trying to suck his own dick tonight. What night is it? 
it's Tuesday night, yeah. So Tuesday nights he tries to suck his own cock. Um, I think it's Wednesday afternoon he waxes his balls. Um, Thursday, all day Thursday is enema, just enema, enema, like one after another. And then Friday I think he goes out to like a, um, uh, well, all the, uh, the best way to describe it is like a gay sort of, train like a gay sex train that he's on the front he's like the engine so and obviously as you can imagine all the carriages of the other men behind him chugging along um so that's friday and then you know he has the weekend off of course so and monday i'm not sure what he does monday so anyway it's just me tonight guys so what am i gonna entertain you with in episode 86. Um, <laughs> well, I was a bit stumped, to be honest. I, I was thinking about all the, um, I could talk about all my sexcapades, but I thought, no, that's just inappropriate. I could talk about um, all the animals and some people that I've killed over the years, but I thought, no, that's inappropriate as well. Then I thought most of you would want to probably hear about how many times I've hurt myself and almost died. Probably the earliest um, <laughs> attempt on my life uh, from, I don't know, whoever wanted me to be dead. Maybe God, maybe if you believe in God, maybe just... Uh, the devil. I don't know if you believe in that stuff or not, but maybe just all the planets aligned and they just tried to wipe me out. Uh, I was about, oh, I don't think, I think I was about one, maybe a bit older. And uh, I wasn't, if any of you have got kids out there and had babies, you know that when you put your baby to bed at night, in the morning, there's pretty much a 99.9% .9 guaranteed there's going to be a shit or a piss, definitely a piss in the nappy. And I was waking up day after day with a completely bone dry nappy. <clears throat> so needless to say, mum was concerned. Um, dad barely looked up from the newspaper though. Um, nah, <laughs> nah, they were both concerned. And mum was like, well, and mum had had two kids before that, two, my, my older sisters. So she knew she was a veteran of when it came to kids, you know what I mean? So she wasn't just overreacting. She was like, oh, something's not right. Took me to the doctors. They said, nah, you know, he's fine. It's, it can happen. Don't stress. Then what started to happen was every time she fed me, projectile vomit, like boom, like a, like a bullet of vomit, if you can imagine such a thing, just shooting across the room every time she would feed me, and then still waking up with the dry nappy. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that, yeah, no food was going through my system. So again, mum and dad took me to the doctors and said, look, there's something wrong with this kid. And they looked at me and went, well, yeah, he's clearly something wrong. But they're like, no, no, no. Like, he's not, he's not getting any nourishment. He just keeps vomiting the shit up and he, he's not doing any shit and there's no piss. So he's not getting any food into his little body. Um, again, the doctors sort of turned them away and were kind of like, he'll be fine. You're just overreacting because it's a newborn. And they're like, uh, no, we've had two kids before. Anyway, so again, same thing, turned away, and the same thing just kept happening. I just, uh, no, well, nothing was happening. Um, there was no poo, no wee coming out of me, but lots of vomit every time they fed me. So there was there was definitely something up. So needless to say, it got to a point where mum was like, no, 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 something is wrong. I'm not going to just let him slowly, you know, die, dwindle away. So obviously. So she took me to the hospital. She plonked me on the counter there and said, I'm not leaving until someone fixes my son. Now, good thing, bad thing, depends how you look at it, I suppose. Depends if you're a fan of me or not. <laughs> 
some of you might be thinking, yeah, it would have been would have made for a better show if it was just Big Was or Big Was and somebody else other than Luke. But <laughs> that's not the case. Uh, so yeah, so the mum, you know, stood her ground and said, "No, nah, something's up with him. Um, you need to fix it." So this doctor came over, as the legend goes, a doctor came over called Dr. Mason, looked at me and said, he needs surgery straight away. And then, yeah, they did the surgery and I lived, obviously. Um, And what it was, was that my tubes down, like sort of on the right side of my belly button, the tubes there, whatever they are, intestines or something, I don't know, the foo-foo valve, um, that was blocked. So food would get down to that point and then come shooting, erupting back out again because it had nowhere else to go. So they made a a fairly big incision because it's it's probably uh, as... The scar I've got is probably as wide as a man's hand, and when I say man, I mean like a proper man, not a, not an elven type man. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, so it's a it's a fairly big scar, and uh, as I got older, I just told all my friends that yeah, got into a knife fight with like six dudes, and they all had like steak knives. So yeah, that was the first time I nearly died, and then um, I'm not sure if I've told this story on the podcast before. I may have, so forgive me if I have. But when I was um, about two, so not long after, you know, about a year after, you know, this 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 first incident, um, I'm up in a two-story bedroom um, and uh, with my sister, my older sister Nikki, who does love me and is very protective of me. But on this particular day, she just wasn't paying attention because I was on the windowsill playing with my little Snoopy dog, looking like a stuffed toy. And then, uh, yeah, window flew open and I flew out the window. I literally toppled out of the window. She just saw my little feet go whoop out the window. And uh, yeah, I plummeted, plummeted to the ground. Thankfully, I hit the grass and not the, uh, the concrete. And I missed the concrete probably by inches. My other sister, Julie, uh, was on the doorstep playing with the Barbie dolls and she's just seen me go whack onto the grass and she did what any good sister should do and ran around to where mum was in the kitchen shouting, Luke's dead. Um, (laughs) Now, of course, if you're a parent or even if you're just a human, to hear that a, a kid is dead is pretty confronting. The funniest part to that story, in my opinion, <laughs> because it is a funny story now. I'm sure it wasn't funny at the time. Well, I hope it wasn't funny at the time. Maybe mum and dad were laughing. Oh, who knows? But anyway, there was a builder across the lane. He saw me fall. He jumped over the fence to try and catch me and miss me. Um, <laughs> you don't hear many stories like that on the news, do you? It's usually like the, the, hero, the hero in the story is usually the guy that is a hero and saves the day. This guy was attempted to be a hero and absolutely failed. So I just, I wish I had been a, um, a fly on the wall on that day and just seen this guy sort of stand up and go, oh, fuck, I missed. So, and then just like, just disappeared into the, into the gathering crowd, you know, <laughs> with his head held low in shame. Uh, skip forward again, I think. I'm, I'm not entirely sure about the time frame here, but as I mentioned, we lived in a two-story house. And on one occasion, yeah, I uh, I fell down all the stairs. And I just went stiff. And I don't mean, you know, I don't mean I was erect and ready to go. I mean, I was just, my whole body was just stiff like a plank, like I was dead. Um, 
I can't remember who was who, but mum and dad were there and they picked me up. One of them picked me up and threw me to the other one. Then that one threw me back to the first one. And then that first one threw me back to the other one again. And then I started to wake up and I was okay. <laughs> oh, I should just say as well, with the falling out the window, um, I was fine. I went to the hospital for a few hours, came back, and apparently I wanted fish and chips, which I think fish and chips fixes everything, and I mean everything. Right, and the next one wasn't a near-death experience, I suppose. It was just a hell of a head injury. I was playing, I think I have told this story, but you know, it's kind of nice to have them all in the one spot. So if you want to, if you're sick of listening to the same old, same old with me and was talking bloody spooge and bollocks and crap, then, you know, you can listen to this entire episode and just hear about how I hurt myself and or nearly died Um, (laughs) all at once. Um, So yeah, I was playing, uh, playing a game with my friends. This is just before we left England to come out to Australia. So it was like 86 and uh, yeah, I'm that old. And uh, yeah, we're playing Tiggy, which is had in England. I don't know what you call it in America or other places, but it's basically where one person is like infected and they're running around trying to catch everyone else to infect them, um, sort of. Anyway, so I was it. I was chasing after a whole bunch of kids. They ran into the bathroom, slammed the door behind them, and I slammed into the door and head first. And my head, my forehead just split open. I've still got the scar there today. It's only, let's have a look at it in the mirror. It's about a centimetre, it's a vertical centimetre, dead centre of my head. Um, I think it makes me look tough, mate. Yeah. Six knives with, six guys with steak knives again. (laughs) Um, anyway, so yeah, blood pissing out of my head, but I was okay. And, uh, yeah, when we came to Australia, I had a big bandage around my head and I was pale and, uh, everyone thought I was on drugs. Surprisingly, I made it to Australia. The plane didn't crash or anything like that, which is, you know, it's a good thing. Um, (laughs) we settled down in suburbia and as you do, you go out onto the road and you play cricket with the other street kids. And, um... One kid, I caught him out, and uh, he was—he was none too happy, none too pleased with that. So he threw the bat like a sook, like the sookie prick he was. I never liked that kid. His name was Jason, and uh, I'll tell you another story about him in a minute. Actually, um, yeah, but he threw—he was about three, four years older than me. He threw the bat, um, spat the dummy, um, and the bat connected with my temple, the temple of my head. And I went down like a ton of bricks, but then I managed to get back up again, but I was very, very fucking dizzy, as you can imagine, and ran into the house screaming uh, for mum. And uh, yeah, it was uh, was scary. It was a scary one because I still remember that one quite vividly. And I just remember sort of the whole haziness of thinking, why is the lights going dimmer and dimmer and black? Now that, yeah, that Jason kid, um, he was a right prick. He was a, like a typical sort of bully boy. Um, you know, he was, like I said, three or four years older than me. And so he was like 14 at the time. And, and the other kids were sort of similar to my age. And this Jason kid clearly probably didn't have any friends at school. So he thought he was King Dick of these little kids in his street. And, uh, yeah, one day um, I was, we'd had an argument, him and I had an, had an argument and he decided to throw a soccer ball at my head as hard as he could. 
And uh, But it didn't have the desired effect. I think he thought I was going to go down. But um, nah, I sort of turned around, chased after him, and God like, managed to tackle him to the ground and started thumping him. And then he managed to wriggle free and, uh, yeah, ran off into his house and he was crying. And he cried for it. He actually cried out, Mummy, help me, Mummy, um, which we all thought was pretty funny considering he was 14, 15. Um, but, you know, kids can be cruel. Kids can be cruel. Now it all gets a bit foggy from here <laughs> because of all the head injuries, you see. Um, but the next big one, I think, was the um, the time I was hit by a car. Um, the car wasn't moving fast um, because it was in a car park. I I was in a world of my own. I'm like 14 or something, so, you know, I was sort of just, you know, masturbating a lot and <laughs> not in public, not in the car park. Um, but, you know, I was all up in my head and thinking I was cool when I wasn't and my voice was all over the place and, you know, I had a sparse amount of pubic hair and maybe a little bit of chest hair. I was fucked. I was, you know, I was a mess. I was long and lanky and weird looking and everything else that happens to a teenager. But anyway, I uh, was was in my own little world. I was crossing the car park. I walked uh, from behind a van, you know, like a you know tall white uh, utility van type thing, tradie van, and uh, yeah, and a car, uh, a station wagon, um, just came rolling out of that car park and um, smashed into me, into my side. I sort of sprawled across the bonnet, um, and there was I can still see her face today. There was a woman with about three or four kids in the car, and they all just stared at me with their mouth wide open. And I, what did I do? I just sort of rolled off the bonnet and just waved them on and just said, you're right, you're right, I'm okay. And then I just kept walking and they slowly drove off, which is weird to me now because I think if I ran it, even if it was a tall, weird, lanky 14-year-old, I'd still <laughs> hop out of the car and go, you're right, mate. But no, no, they just they just drove off and I, I hobbled off and um, I didn't think it was that bad until I woke up the next day and uh, yeah, was pretty much bruised from sort of above the knee on my on on my side, the side of my leg, uh, my left leg, um, up to probably halfway up my ribs was just like bruised and battered and yeah, I was uh, I was pretty tender after that. Other car incidences included being like clipped by a car. So I was probably being a smart ass and walking far too slow across the road. And then the car was being a smart ass and decided to rev. But I've sort of like going, you know, like, fuck you, I'll do what I want because I'm a teenager. And they've gone past me. And I remember one particular car clipped the back of like my ankle and spun me, um, like spun me where I was. And I hit the ground, hit the, the road. And then I sort of jumped up and was like, fuck you, and stuck my finger up. And then they they stopped the car. So this is just on a road, like a fairly quiet road, but they, they stopped the car. And then their reverse lights come on, and I just stood there like, yeah, fucking come and have a go then. And they started to reverse towards me, and I just stood there. But then they did like, and then took off. So, yeah, gutless, gutless. It's the Fly on the Wall motherfucking podcast. I uh, wasn't too sure whether or not to include this section because we generally keep it pretty, uh, I don't know, light and fluffy and, and comedic, I suppose. But um, And I won't dwell on it too much. But there was a time during my teens where, you know, call it um, low self-esteem, 
call it just typical teenage angst, call it whatever you want. But yeah, it definitely was a time where I didn't want to want to be around, I suppose. Um, I won't go into it too much, but let's just say there was another couple of near-death experiences. And luckily, uh, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here, guys. What I will say, though, is uh, if you ever find yourself feeling like that, just reach out to someone, reach out to a friend, a family member if you can, or even, I'm sure, in your neck of the woods, there's lots of sort of helplines and things like that. I know here in Australia, we've got the Kids Helpline. It's literally called the Kids Helpline. We've also got one called Beyond Blue. So, yeah, if you, you know, we all get down, we all uh, sort of can't be asked, and we sort of fall into a bit of a pit of despair sometimes, but... Um, there's always someone out there willing to help you. There's always someone out there willing to love you, no matter what. So, uh, yeah, but uh, just thought I'd better mention that too, guys. I just remembered another one as well from when I was a kid. I was probably maybe like 11 or 12 of me and my, my friend Matthew at the time. We were in his back shed. I think it was like a cubby, you know, like a, yeah, like a either a tool, tool shed slash cubby thing that he had set up back there. And we took to sort of finding like old bits of mechanical stuff and electrical stuff and pulling it apart and doing all that kind of thing, right, in there. So, so you know, we'd like get TVs and, you know, pull them apart and see how they worked or record players or whatever it was and or bits of engines and all that kind of thing. Just tinkered around, you know, just, just two kids mucking around. Then we sort of moved <laughs> then we sort of moved on to deciding to mix things that we found like in old paintings and old jars and containers and bottles. Um, basically mixing this weird concoction of flammable chemicals and stuff together. <laughs> and like I said, we're like 11 or 12 thinking, yeah, this is funny. Um, then we thought it would be even funnier to throw a match at it, a lit match. And we stayed in the cubby, in this shed thing. We stayed in there. Um, I remember it was in, we, the concoction we had was in like a, uh, it was like a aluminium beaker type thing. Like if, well, if you're from Australia, it's like a billy can. Um, uh, yeah, so just sitting on the bench, we had all this shit in there. I'm talking paint, kerosene, you know, whatever we could find. Oh, man. Anyway, we put it all in there, and then we we had the sense to step back from it. We stood back from it, lit a match, and then threw it. It probably took us a couple of t- turns. Threw it into the, um, into the concoction, and then... <laughs> Yeah, a massive explosion. And and no joke, I kid you not, it was actually, you know, like an atomic explosion where it's like that mushroom shape. It was that shape. It, it was smaller. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, Hiroshima, but it was, it was that mushroom shape in this shed. And we just looked at each other and we were like, oh my God. And then we just got rid of everything. We got rid of all the evidence. We like we we tried to blow out all the smoke. We were we were very fucking lucky we didn't blow the shed up with us in it and blow our bloody limbs off or something. Like it's oh my God. When I, I couldn't believe I forgot about it until when, you know, I was going through all the times I nearly died. And <laughs> and yeah, that was another one. Oh man. I, I'm really surprised I'm not fucking dead. 
Ah, yeah. There's also been like, you know, lots of silly things I've done where I think back now and think, fuck, yep, I could have died that night as well. But nothing quite compared to nearly blowing up the shed and myself or falling out of a two-story window or nearly dying when I was a kid or... uh, you know, uh, all the others, but, but, you know, climbing trees, climbing buildings, leaping off stuff, um, driving. Oh yeah. Like this is, this is idiotic to be honest. And something I'm not very proud of, but, uh, driving down a freeway as fast as I can, um, with the lights off at night, uh, and then closing my eyes. Like that's, you know, death wish kind of shit, which I'm, like I said, not very proud of because I, the thing I think now is that i Yes, I may have hurt myself, but I might have hurt somebody else, and that's that's horrible. Um, but yeah, lots of a whole bunch of shit. I was, yeah. I'm guessing you've got a bit of an understanding of me and uh, who I am by now after fucking eighty something episodes. But yeah, I was always a bit nuts. I don't. I think I've calmed down. I think you know what it was. Becoming a dad definitely changed everything for me, um, and. Yeah, I'm very grateful for that because I think I've uh, I haven't gone straight and narrow. <laughs> I don't think uh, still a little bit. There's still a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm not a full can of coke. Put it that way. But um, yeah, I think I've calmed the fuck down a lot. I don't have a death wish. I'm not seeking. Well, I'm seeking adventure, but more in the sense of like me and Warren going to an abandoned hospital. You know, <laughs> that's cool. Um, but yeah, I'm just a more careful these days I suppose I, I guess I guess it comes with age as well as you get older you learn yeah I'm not immortal and people rely on me they need me my kids need me my wife needs me my friends need me my family needs me you know um, so you know I'm, I'm I'm careful as I can be I'm sure I still make stupid mistakes but in general I think I look after myself better than I ever did before but another couple of um, this wasn't near death but this was um, the most painful experiences I've ever had uh, physical painful experiences um, the first one being when I, I threw my back out. Oh my God. I don't know if you guys have had any kind of back injury or back pain or anything like that, you'll, you'll empathize and sympathize. But ironically, all I was doing, and this was long before I became a gardener and started my own business, I was just, you know, mowing the lawns at home. But I pulled the, the ripcord thing, you know, the, for the starter motor on the, on the lawnmower and just threw my back out. I literally fell to my fucking knees and was in absolute agony and couldn't move for for a good couple of minutes. I'm just sort of sitting there on all fours. Like if someone walked past, they would have thought it was quite hysterical, I'm sure. But I sort of just sat there like going, oh my God, oh my God. Eventually, I managed to very weakly uh, feebly, carefully get to my feet and then work my way along this hedge that we used to have out the front. This is an old place I used to live at and really tentatively climbed the stairs like I was a bloody toddler learning to walk for the first time and then got into the house and my wife took one look at me and she goes, what's wrong? I was like, I've done me back. <laughs> and then, yeah, she got me to lay on the floor and uh, that was it for a week. For a whole week, I was pretty much on the floor. I was, oh man, that was insane. And the worst part is, and I don't know, I don't know, it's just like this ego masculinity thing that I've got that I didn't want the kids to see me like that. I didn't want the kids to think, oh, dad's a weak old bastard now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So as much as I could, I just, they go, you're right, dad? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm just laying here, you know, just, you're just relaxing, just a bit of a sore back. But in reality, I was like, ah! 
it fucking hurts. <laughs> but um, anyway, so that was that. For about a week, I was I was laid up on the couch and on the floor like that. And I would, you know, the doctor had said it's important that you try to exercise it. So I would get up and, you know, toddle off to the bathroom. It'd take me about fucking half an hour to get there. Um, but yeah, eventually I was all right. But yeah, fuck, man, it was... <laughs> it was intense. But then an injury that topped that, that's a complete fucking mystery to me as he, how I even got this injury. I went to a, uh, a New Year's party, right, several years ago now, and uh, I was going up and down these stairs, and I just felt the slightest little twinge above my, I think it was my right, yeah, it was my right knee, just felt this little, like, like almost like a little snap, like a Oh what, oh, what was that? Oh, bit of a twinge in the old knee there. But I just, you know, as you do, you ignored it and just got on with my day and, and enjoyed the party and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the next day, it was like, oh, that's actually, that, that little twinge is sort of seems to be growing up my leg. Anyway, long story short, 24 hours later, oh my fucking God. The pain from the top of my knee, or my right knee, all the way up to where my leg joins my hip was just uh, an in- – I can't even describe it. It was like an intense burning, like on fire burning pain. And I, there was nothing I could do to fix it. I was putting ice on it. I was putting deep heat on it. Um, I was I was taking painkillers. I think we had like painkillers at home that were pretty weak and didn't really do anything. And I couldn't sleep, I couldn't walk, I couldn't do anything. I just honestly just sat there in my armchair in constant pain. And then eventually the wife was like, we need to, you know, we need to do something. And I was like, no, I should be right, I should be right, I should be right. (laughs) Such a dickhead. Anyway, she's gone off to bed and it was about three o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, I was almost in tears, I won't lie to you. And I was like, oh my, I can't, This, I can't do this. I hadn't slept for the last two or three nights and I was just like, nah. I need to do something about it. So I went and woke her up, the poor thing, and said, look, I think I need to go to hospital. I said, it's not going away. It's just getting worse. Went to hospital, and because it wasn't a dire emergency, I hadn't cut my leg off. Um, You know, we were in the waiting room for what seemed like forever. And then finally got seen to, they started talking about um, maybe it was a buildup of fluid or something in the knee, and we're talking about draining it. And they they said that could be like really painful. But at that point, I was like, I don't care. How I feel right now is I want to cut the fucking thing off and just, you know, mount it on the mantelpiece or something. But um, yeah, so anyway. they gave me some extra, extra strong painkillers that did fuck all. So I took them, went home on my merry way and still in excruciating pain. And I, it just didn't work. And all it did, so I took <laughs> so I took a mix of, a healthy mix, you know, of sleeping pills to try and help me sleep and full-on um, painkillers to ease the pain and neither of them worked. So, because I was in so much pain, it just it forced me be, to be awake. But then I was in this weird, drowsy, hazy, fucked up condition because the the sleeping pills were like desperately trying to work, but nothing was fucking working. Oh man, yeah, that was the most painful experience I've ever had. Anyway, ended up going to get scans and all that kind of thing. I ended up probably having a week or maybe even two weeks off work. Oh no no! It was on the it was on the Christmas holidays of all things. So yeah, I was on holidays anyway, and two two weeks of the three weeks were were screwed. So um, yeah, ended up being a torn thigh muscle, and to this day, I have no idea how I did that because, like I said, all I was doing was going up some stairs, like I 
do, you know, like any other normal human with legs would do, and uh, tore my whole fucking <laughs> top of my thigh muscle open. Like he said, the doctor said it was fr- it was it was a, a tear that was steadily in, in getting you know worse and worse the whole time. Um, but then they put compression things on it, and I had to go and get electroshock therapy to my thigh. That was fucking painful and weird and interesting as well. Oh, man, yeah. But anyway, look, when I go on about that kind of stuff, I'm quick to think to myself, you know what, mate? Suck it up because there's plenty of people out there who've got worse. So, but anyway, that's what this episode's all about, all the injuries and shit I've sustained over the years. Oh, man. You won't believe this. I've only ever broken one bone, and that's my the bone in my pinky finger on my left hand. In uh, year nine, we were playing this game called Poison Ball. I think in other parts of the world it might be called Brandy, basically, or Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Um, basically, you th- you got two teams. You throw balls at each other, and if you get hit by the ball, you're out. But if you catch the ball, the person that threw the ball is out. So there I am dodging the balls, doing quite well. And I thought, fuck it, man, I'm going to go for a catch. I'm going to go catch this guy out. So dove for the ball, caught the ball, but I caught the ball (laughs) between, like it's sort of, if you can imagine, it's sort of wedged between my uh, pinky baby finger on my left hand and the, the finger next to it. And what it ended up doing is if you can imagine, like if you look at your hand right now, if you can, if you can do it safely, um, if you're not jacking off or anything like that, and you need two hands, uh, like I do, and Warren does, um, if you can imagine looking at your hand, right, and looking at your pinky finger and seeing it on a 90-degree angle away from your hand, that's what my hand looked like. So I've it, the weird thing was it didn't hurt. I just went, oh, fuck, I've done myself a mischief here. So (laughs) um, I sort of walked off. And the funny thing was we had an emergency teacher that day. So like a stand-in, I don't know what you call him, but, you know, like not my normal teacher. He was like, uh, I don't know, just some young punk. And he went ghostly pale, like really, really pale, and sort of just uh, looked at me and I said, yeah, I've I've done this to my hand. And he just stared at me and then stared at the hand. He goes, oh, you... You better go to the to the medic then. Uh, yeah, and I was like, yeah, yep, no worries. <laughs> so I've toddled off to the medic, and she was really good, or the nurse, you know, and she's gone, or sick bay, and she's gone, oh, yeah, yeah, no, nah, we can't help you with that. You're going to have to go to the hospital. Called mum. She just put, the nurse just put ice on it, and I said, I think my dick hurts a bit as well, nurse, so can you do something with this? No, <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Um, only in my wet dreams. Um, anyway, so yeah, mum picked me up. She was like, what the hell have you done to yourself? Um, almost, almost angry, almost like what the hell is wrong with you? Um, hang on two ticks. Sorry. Uh, yeah. A car's just, I'm in my car. A car's just pulled up on the driveway, sort of up the road a little bit, sort of right next to my property. And the two dudes that got out look weirdly and uncannily like Mr. Bean. They're not wearing suits. They're just wearing like, well, looks like turtlenecks. Um, one of them's got like a rolled up bit of paper under his arm. The other one's got a clipboard and they're sort of pointing in all directions. I don't know why I'm talking quietly, but um, they can't hear me. What a couple of fucking oddballs. 
massive noses. What are they doing? Okay. Now they've got back in their car. All right, that was weird. All right, guys, they're gone. The weirdo Mr. Bean dudes have gone. <laughs> um, and that's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. I know it's only short, but, you know, I can't waffle on too much with that. was I need that soundboard that, you know, someone to talk at and they just fucking sit there and listen, damn it. <laughs> nah, it's obviously not quite the same without the big fella. Um, but, you know, um, he'll be back next week. We'll be back to all guns blazing, I'm sure, in our own ridiculous, idiotic way um but yeah you know what thanks for listening i've I've enjoyed it uh for the most part yes i'd rather be inside eating pizza and drinking some beer but you know what we got to offer you guys something don't we (laughs) so uh this is it um yeah take care of yourselves and uh be good to yourselves and be good to those sexy sexy goats Uh.